Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Met fellow adventurers. I am now in the town of Dragowaft, which is in the Jabarolok region in southeast Tosa, perched on a spot of high, rocky ground, the edge of the forest, on the northeast shoulder of Barrowlock. Dravengraf is a thriving settlement with a particularly sorry past. An ancient silver mine, long the source of the town's enviable prosperity, is famous throughout the realms for its seemingly endless supply of precious ore. Despite its favourable reputation, there are those who contend that a seedy and dangerous element is at work in Dragongraf. Some have suggested that the town's protector, Lurik Thumbrek, is at the heart of a well-concealed underbelly. Quite a few links here. Link for Dragonwrath. Perched on a spot of high rocky ground, the edge of the forest, the northeast shoulder of Barrow Lock, Dragonwrath is a thriving settlement, particularly sorry path. Dragonwrath was built just to the south of the remains of Hopestone, a city destroyed over a thousand years ago by the malevolent dragon, Cloud Urka. The attack on Hopestone lasted three days, claimed the lives of nearly half of the city's populace, and raised every structure within its walls. For over 500 years, the ruins of Hopestone and the wide swath of land surrounding the elements lay abandoned. When a silver mine was discovered near the ruins, its valuable bounting led to the founding of a new settlement to the south of the shattered city. A new town, which came to be called Dragonwrath, was named after the infamous attack that destroyed Hopestone. Blackgate Mine, an ancient silver mine, long the source of Long the source of Dragonwrath's prosperity is famous throughout the realms for its seemingly endless supply of the precious ore. Much of Dragonwrath has, over the last few generations, come under the tight control of the Thumbrek family. While most of the town citizens seem content to allow the Thumbrek's to govern Dragonwrath, a glowing number of folk have begun to outwardly resent the power wielded by the Thornbrecks. The current protector of Dragonwrath, Lurok Thornbreck, also known as Elder Thornbreck, is the great grandson of Bogwath. Bogwath. Marth? Some have suggested Lurok is the heart of a well concealed underbelly, 
that thrives out of sight in Dragon. Dragon Wrath. Now, let's do a link for Hopestone. Hopestone. Once a flourishing walled city on the southeast corner of Barrow Lock, Hopestone was destroyed over a thousand years ago in an attack by the great dragon Cloud Lurker. Before its sudden and untimely demise, Hopestone was a bastion of learning and magic. A haven for scholars who sought to unravel the complex mysteries of a dangerous and ever-changing world. One of the first... First and largest grey circle compounds dominated the centre of the city. It is said that on the day of Cloud Lurk's attack, only the city's archmage, a sorcerer of the grey circle named Gulduan, dared to challenge the savage might of the great dragon. Gulduan, as legend had it, repelled Cloud Lurk's attack for nearly an hour before ultimately succumbing to the dragon's fiery breath. After three days, Cloud Lurker's incessant attack succeeded in raising every structure within the city's walls, and half the populace of Hope Stone was either dead or missing. For over 500 years, the wounds of Hope Stone and a wide swath of land surrounding the elements lay abandoned. When a silver mine was discovered near the ruins, its valuable bounty led to the founding of a new settlement to the south of the shattered city. The new town, which came to be called Dragonwrath, was named after the infamous attack that destroyed Hopestone. Now I'm going to Cloud Lurker. The ancient dust dragon known as Cloud Lurker once terrorised nearly the entirety of the North Broadlands. The great dragon lord, who was said to have been half again as large as the largest of his kin, would soar across the sky, seeking to raise and plunder the strongholds of humankind, which is said to have considered a blight upon the world. While circling high above an intended target of his fearsome wrath, Cloud Lurker would drop an ancient enchanted warhammer, so signifying to those below his intent to attack. This hammer, woo, to have been acquired by Tallies, because of course it was, has come to be known as Cloud Lurker's Harbinger. The dropping of the great hammer would sometimes occur days or even weeks before the actual attack took place. After the target was destroyed, they were always destroyed. Cloud Lurker would retrieve the hammer. Cloud Lurker finally met his end at the, hand, at the talons of one of his savage brothers. A dust dragon whose size and ferocity is said to have rivaled that of his more infamous sibling. It was Cloud Lurker himself who destroyed the city of Hopestone. Now the site of the Tyson mining town, Dragonworth. Okay, that's... Okay, some links. Silver Mine. Blackgate Mine, maybe. Blackgate Mine is an ancient and highly profitable silver mine located on the outskirts of the town of Dragonworth. The mine is owned and operated by the Thumbrock family. In recent years, the mine has been plagued with trouble, ranging from deadly collapses to deadly infestations of horrible creatures. Despite these troubles, still silver still flows out of the Blackgate mine as reliably as ever, making Dragonwrath among the most prosperous settlements in the entire kingdom. Recently, miners working the darkest depths of the Great Mine reported seeing strange lights in several of the lowest tunnels. Alright, Protector Lorek Thombeck. Let's see his link now. Lorek Thombeck is the great-grandson of Brogmath Thombeck. He's the current protector of the town of Dragonwath. 
unpopular with much of the town's populace and some of his own family, due to what is perceived to be his cold persona. The middle maid's Lorix manages to maintain a firm grip on power and, in, and influence. On the power and influence he rules as both Dragon Wrath's protector and the overseer of the Black Gate Mine. Some have even suggested Lorik is at the heart of a well-concealed underbelly that fires out of sight in Dragon Wrath. And there was a link to the Thrallbrex in general. The full bricks of Dragon Wrath, for the better part of three generations, some would argue longer than even that, the Thornback family has held sway in the town of Dragon Wrath. As history had it, nearly a cent- it was nearly a century ago that Brogmar Thornback arrived in Dragon Wrath and secretly purchased the Black Gate mine from its owner. Brogmar, with his wife and five children, Settled in, and the family quickly rose to power and dominance. Brogmoth, a large, swaggering man with a volatile temper, assumed full control of the flow of silver leaving the mine. Abolishing Dragonwast Mine Council, bodies have been placed for nearly 50 years, as he further consolidates his growing power and influence. In an act that finalised the authority of the Vovlex, Rogmarth was selected through many dispute the option was any other one to dispute the notion it was any other option as protector of Dragonwrath. Immediately upon adopting his new title, he disbanded the town's militia and replaced it with a legion of mercenaries. These skilled warriors, many of whom had been soldiers during the Great Goblin Wars on Eastern Tysus Front, would defend not only Dragonwrath, but also the mine and silver caravans that left town. Clad in a mix of chain and leather, over which the black tunics bearing the ancient family crest of the Thornbecks, a bear's head crowned by the ways of the setting sun. The townsfolk, many many of whom disliked the Bogmar's authoritative waves, came to call the mercenaries Brogmen, a moniker still in use to this day. The current protector of Dragon Wrath, Lorek Thombrek, also known as the Elder Thombrek, is the great-grandson of Bogmarth. Some have suggested Lorek is at the heart of the town's well-concealed underbury that fires out of sight in Dragon Wrath. Okay, there's one link I haven't clicked, and that's Brogmen. Brogmen is a moniker given to the members of the mercenary force that has dark-guarded Dragonwath and its silver mine for nearly the last century. These skilled warriors, many of whom have been soldiers during the Great Goblin Wars on Titus Eastern Frank, were summoned by Brogmath Thumbleck once he had been declared Dragonwath's protector. To replace the town militia, he so abruptly disbanded, clad in a mix of chain and leather, over which they wore black tunics bearing the ancient family crest of the Thombrecks, a bear's head crowned by ways of the setting sun. The townsfolk, many of whom disliked Bogmar's authoritative ways, came to call the mercenaries Brogmen, a Sir's monarch is still in use to this day. The Brogmen, still under the direct authority of Dragonwrath's protector, currently Lorik Thumbek, seek out, retreat, and train new members for their ranks from places both near and far. While some of Dragonwrath's populace feels the tactics employed by the Bromwrath, Brogmen are somewhat heavy-handed. There are just as many who enjoy and appreciate the safety and peace of mind their presence has brought to the remote mining town. Okay. There we are. Okay, that's... There's quite a few places to visit here. I'll start with the Hope Stone Inn. Only a small handful of people, mostly townsfolk and the odd traveller too, were ever found in the common room of the Hope Stone Inn. Cheery establishment 
won by a well-towned, grey-haired man named Wenwald. Ever since Lorak Thornbok banished ale and spirits from Dragonwath, the once bustling hostel has seen its patronage sweetly and swiftly decline. The inn still serves a daily meal, though the food is now accompanied by a steaming mug of paleo rather than a frothing tankard of ale. Inquire about today's meal. After speaking with the innkeeper Wenwald, you learn that today's meal is charred venison. Wenwald, as if having detected some hint of dismay in your demeanour, quickly begins to embellish his description of the fare. There'll be something green to go with it, he says. I usually have have a bit of cheese and bread slapped down on the side too. Don't worry, no one's ever complained about what we cook up here. A good bit of venison is something that will keep you on your feet. Purchase the charred venison for two gold. The charred venison proves every bit as delicious as when well promised. However, despite his description of the greens, cheese and bread of the company meal, only a lumped, only a lumpy half-cooked servings of potatoes are wise with the heat plate. Well, there might be something green in that potato. As he sets down a steaming mug of paleo before you, the innkeeper smiles as and nods. A meal like that will make a man out of you, he says. With that, he hustles away to tend to the needs of another hungry patron, leaving you to finish your meal in peace. Hmm, I wonder if he says something different if you have a lady character. Maybe you could comment that somewhere and tell me. Alright, purchase a mug of paleo. There we are, raw and gold. Seems a bit steep for just a drop of paleo, doesn't it? Says the innkeeper Wenwald, as he places a steaming mug of the popular, flavourful drink in front of you. Don't worry, though. You can have as much of it as you like for that bit. Until the pot runs out, that is. You thank Wenwald, and he nods in response, before turning and moving off to tend to another matter. Speak with Wenwald. Wenwald. Wenwed, who seems to be perpetually attempting to catch his breath, looks up from some minor task as you approach and greets you with a nod and a smile. For several minutes you converse with the well-toned, grey-haired innkeeper on a variety of subjects, but he always seems to clear the conversation back to the listener of what he feels are the most pressing problems in Dragonwath. The Brogmen? I don't have anything to say about them. Let me say that in a different different way. Don't want to be caught saying anything about them. Trust me. If you're here long enough, you'll know what I mean by that. He says, sighing. Continue conversing with him. Wendold, who seems to be perpetually attempting to catch his breath. Look. Oh, some task. Looks up from some minor task as you approach. Hoach and greets you with a nod and a smile. For several minutes you converse with the well-toned, grey-haired innkeeper on a variety of subjects, but always seems to steer the conversation back to a litany of what he feels are the most pressing problems in Dragonwack. If I were a younger man, I might just tell Yorick what I truly think of him and his policies. Someone needs to set straight the whole lot of Vombrex. Continue conversing. Folk around here work folk around here work themselves into early graves as it is. There's no harm in letting them enjoy a bit of drink. It's not right to deny them such a simple pleasure, he says, frowning. You haven't seen anyone suspicious, have you? Just keep your eyes open, he says, scowling. Continue con- continue conversing. Alright, uh, that's that's not you. Yeah. The silver that flows out of the mine is what makes this place bearable. We only wish that we who toil saw a greater share of the wealth it brings. 
but if I want great wealth, I suppose I'd better go find my own silver mine, he says, scowling. Okay. I don't, I think that's everything. One, the Brogman. No, no, that's been said before. Okay, that's enough of that. Hopestone in. Next up is Thumbrex Merchantile. Owned and operated by the Thumbrex family. Dragon Breath's only merchantile is well provisioned with all manner of goods and equipment. So that's a bit cheeky. I mean, owning the only shop in town. <laughs> Albia Thumbrex, the eldest daughter of Lyrock, dutifully tends the shop. The waven-haired young woman seems pleasant enough, though whenever she speaks to you, you sense just a hint of disdain in her soft, wavering voice. Alright, you can look at the weapons and armour. They're going to be regular stuff. Converse with Umbria. While conversing with Umbria, you learn that the young woman, whose sharp, sarcastic wits is at times biting, doesn't often speak kindly of the town her family has overseen for nearly the last century. My father's worried about the silver, ship silver shipments leaving town. One of the wagons was recently attacked. The bandits gave the Brogman a wheel fight too. He's thinking about doubling the guard for all wagons. Continue conversing. You're not from around here. I can tell that much by your attitude. You haven't yet given up on life, like most of the folk in town. Just tell you about Dragonwrath for a while, and you might just see the sense in giving up. Continue conversing. Nope, that's been said. That's been said. I don't go near the mine, and neither do my sisters. Father, father of beginning when we were younger. But even now I choose to stay away from it. If you heard a few of the tales told by our miners, you'll keep away from it too. Continue conversing. Alright. The Brogman aren't as bad as most people, I think. they got families too. If you're, if you're not up to no good, they have no reason to bother you. Continue conversing. Alright. Silver so shipments. Never heard of the Forest Lord? I'm sure, I'm sure, sure you can hear all all about that over at the Paleo Den. Just, I don't go in there because I can't stand the smell of Paleo. Ever heard of Wakamoraka? He's passed through town a few times, not recently though. Now there's a real hero. Uh, I mean, I guess, I guess he saves people. I guess he does fight a lot of things that need fighting. But he is a douche about it. <laughs> Continue conversing with her. About the Forest Lord. Alright. About giving up. One. Wakamoka. And yeah, okay, I think that's everything. Visit the Dragon Waff Smithy. Togo and his wife, Ogie, operate the Dragon Waff Smithy from sunup to sundown. The pair of skilled smiths work the forge that churns out the iron and steel pieces required to work the mine. A handful of workers they're toil directly overseen by a guard of Brogman, work a well of smelters behind the smithy that turn the silver ore from Blackgate Mine into ingots. Okay, well, admittedly, yeah, you would guard that. <laughs> the smithy also crafts weapons and armour, but these items are sold are sold to Thornback's merchantile which in turn makes them available to prospective buyers. So, I can't buy anything here. Of course, 
Can't, can't be can't be having people shop and not having the money go to the Fombex. Why? What's the point of being protector if you don't get all the money? Speak with Tigran. Tigran, a middle-aged man whose heavily muscled frame and thick-fingered hands attest to a lifetime of difficult toil, seems exceptionally pleasant. He appears content to allow his work to wait. He speaks with you at length, listening to your tales from the roads, and filling on you in on some of the more interesting bits of local news. Ilario and I have talked about leaving town. Where would we go? Not easy to pick up and set down elsewhere. And I've been here most of my life, he says, wiping the grime and sweat from his brow. Continue conversing. I don't make many weapons or pieces of ar- ar- armour with you anymore. What I do make goes over to the merchantile. I'd prefer to sell it myself, but there's an arrangement in place. And I'm a man of my word, he says, coughing. Continue conversing with him. Earlier and I have talked about leaving town. Where would we go? It's not easy to set up elsewhere. And I've been here most of my life, he says, glancing over at his wife. Continue conversing. Don't go poke you about where you shouldn't, and the bogmen bog will leave you, leave you alone. That's the best advice I can give you, he says, stifling a cough. <laughs> Continue conversing. Yep, that's new. About the bogmen. About the arrangement he has. All right, inquire about silver smelting. The smelting of silver war from Blackgate Mine appears to be a particularly sore subject with Tigrim. The bulky smith almost sneers when he tells you that Ailir once smelted, that he and Ailir once smelted the silver themselves, but a couple of years ago the Thombucks took over the operation. He did the job right. That's a fair price, he says. The work was steady and so everyone was happy. I had three men working for me who did nothing but tend the smelters and unload the ore cart. Well, as you can see, things have changed. Tigran tells you the Thombex purchased his three smelters and then constructed three more when they took control of the smelting process just over two years ago. They've got their own folk working the ovens now, he says. His sour expression doing nothing to hide his obvious disdain. And they've got Brogman watching over them. Probably watching over us as well. More conversing. Yep. Ah, okay, that's enough of that. Now, the fo- now time to visit the Forest Lord's Paleo Den. Unlike much of the west of Dragonrath, a fairly cheery atmosphere abides in the fire-lipped log and stone t- longhouse. It's the Forest Lord's Paleo Den. Oh, there's a link to Forest Lord. The Forest Lord, described by those who claim to have seen him as a tall man with green skin, clad in a suit of leaves with a long beard of mo- moss. The Forest Lord is a mixture in the low fixture in the local folklore of Dragonwath and the surrounding region. By most accounts, the Forest Lord is a benign figure who protects and nurtures the woodlands and their inhabitants. However, several supposed encounters with the Forest Lord over the course of the last century describe a dangerous and powerful being with an immense hatred of humankind. Lorek Thombrek, Dragonwrath's protector, recently reported sighting the Forest Lord while hunting in the woods east of town. Many in Dragonwrath, including Lorek's brother Denrook, remained sceptical of this claim of his claim. The establishment current proprietor, Oddred Thombrek, one of the younger Thombreks, recently purchased the Paleo Den from the widow of its previous owner, 
So throw black clapped. Normally bustling with, with activity, particularly as the day day wanes. The longhouse serves as a place where much of the town's populace routinely routinely conjugates. Long wooden benches around the large rectangular fire pit that do surround the large rectangular fire pit that dominates the centre of the hall. Purchase a mug of paleo. Alright, that was one gold. A cheerful young lass arrives at the bench upon which you are perched. She hands you a steaming mug of paleo, bows respectfully, and quickly darts off. With your feet stretched out towards, towards a sea of glowing embers that fills the hall's fire pit, you sip at your paleo as your senses endeavour to take in the entirety of the scene unfolding around you. Seek out Othred from Wreck. You make several inquiries and discover Othred from Wreck, the, the, the paleodense propertyer, is currently out of town. Nobody now seems to know, or seems willing to discuss, anything about his absence. Investigate a small womb off the main hall. The small, this small womb, just off the paleodense main hall, Contains several tables and numerous chairs, most of which are are at least somewhat in disrepair. Leave the room. Leave the paleo den. Okay, now visit Cinder Hall. Cinder Hall is a name by which Dragon Brass Meeting House is commonly known. The hall is said to have been erected upon a patch of earth that still bore the scorch marks left by Count Cloud, Cloud Lurker's deadly breath of fire. Sidus Hall has in recent years become less a place of public gathering and more the headquarters from which the Tomblex oversee the operation of Blackgate Mine and the town's affairs. The town's protector, Lorik Thumbwick, can usually be found somewhere in or around the hall. Seek out Lorik Thumbwick. You find Lorik alone in a small, cluttered wound at the back of the hall, toiling away at a thick ledger opened on the table in front of him. The older Thumbwick looks up and greets you with a curt nod before promptly inquiring about the reason for your visit. You immediately sense he disapproves of your sudden intrusion. So, okay, I better not just leave then. Converse with him. You need diplomacy at 50 or higher. Calling upon your mastery of diplomacy, you definitely introduce yourself as an adventurer and abruptly slip into conversation with Lorek, the elder Thumbrek, Dragonlath's long-serving protector. Seems to quickly warm up to you and tells you about several problems facing the town. We've had just a bit of bad luck lately, he says, closing the ledger before him and pushing the weighty volume to the side. I suppose you've heard all about the bandit attacks? Well, if you haven't, you'll hear about it soon enough. The roads are no longer safe. Not as safe as they once were, I should say. Because they've never been entirely safe. Loic tells you about a series of recent bandit attacks on the silver wagons departing from Drakenmath. When you ask him about the guard provided for the wagons, he sighs, shakes his head. Used to be that a handful of her own frogmen were enough to ensure safe passage, he says. That hasn't been the case recently. The attacks are well planned and coordinated. It's a bit much for me to believe these bandits are common highwaymen. Lorik explains that the latest attack, which happened just a few days ago, left him with little doubt that something more sinister is behind the slew of attacks. Smoothing down the few strands of dark, dark hair that yet straddle the top of his boarding head, Loic describes for you the scene of the most recent attack on the wagons. My brother, Genrog, 
was among the first to arrive at the spot where the wagons had been ambushed, he says, his tone suddenly grim. He's not without heart, but he's not easily moved. When he came here and told me what it was he had seen, I was hesitant to believe his account. Not because I didn't trust it, because I didn't want to believe it. Lamech tells you that he, Denrock, and a handful of bogmen were turned to the scene of the attack. He listened intently as he details for you the scorched remains of four silver laver wa wagons and the charred bodies of six of the caravan's bogman escort. They learn that the four wagon drivers and five of the guards managed to escape, make it back to Zwagenwaff, where the attack was immediately reported to the commander of the bogmen, Denuit Thornwag. Only very little silver was taken, he says, raising an eyebrow. Of course, such a thing lends to a bit of speculation, but I haven't the time for that. I have choosed, choose to think that bandits had hoped to use the wagons to haul off the silver, until their fire rendered them useless, that is. I won't tell you, this is not the first time fire was employed against the wagons and their guardians in recent months. There must be a spellcaster amongst them, he says. If that's so, it doesn't build well for our efforts to stamp them out. You ask Lorik why he hasn't sought help from the border range of outpost at Windless Notch, slightly more than a day's wide to the north and east. He immediately dismisses the notion. I'm the sworn protector of this town, he says, almost confrontational. We take care of our own problems in Dagenrest. Dragonrath, and it must be known, certainly isn't a great secret. I prefer to avoid the ever-reaching presence of a higher authority, be that of master, that's the king, or puppet, the thanes. Please continue. You're taken aback when Sorek suddenly asks if you'll be interested in tackling the bandit problem that's been plaguing the silver shipments. Before you can answer, he tells you his brother Denmark has sent word to an renowned adventurer that is yet to respond to the request. You did tell me you're an adventurer and, as I've said, prefer not to involve any official help in solving this. A mercenary, if you pardon the term, is quite along the lines of what we're looking for. Lorik studies you closely for a moment. Of course, anyone who took care of this problem for us would be justly rewarded. So, I can offer to take care of the bandit problem or politely decline. Of course, I'll take care of it. Lorik nods and meets you with shoulder cross when you offer to take care of the bandit problem. He tells you to meet with his brother Denwok. Denwok has discovered where they are camped out. My brother may be somewhat partial to this other adventure he's attempted hire, but let me know you're on the job. Obviously, the sooner we clear up this trouble, the better. You bid farewell to Lorek, telling him you will meet with Jenwok and begin working towards an end to Akinwak's bandit dilemma. Please note, to begin the task you've just accepted, look for the adventure titled Dreadman's Dark by selecting Adventures for this location option in Cinder's Hall. Alright. That's how much time have we got? Yeah. Hmm. Well, we'll do it. We'll do it anyway. Adventures. Deadman's Dark. Your mission to remove the bandit threat that had been plaguing Dragongraph Silver Shipment leads you to the forbidding mouth of Deadman's Dark. Here we are. Starting. Not, laugh, not, not long after your meeting with Larok, in an otherwise deserted Cinder's Hall, you meet with Genwuk Formwek, a younger brother of Dragonwrath's protector and commander of the Brogman. The thin, dark-haired man, clad in a mix of leather and grubby finery, seems somewhat less personable than his elder brother, despite his frail build. You have one sense you in the presence of a man capable of swift rage and extreme violence. 
We've already sent word for another venture. But my brother tells me that you offer to take on the task, he says, drumming his fingers against the pommel of the sword sheathed with his hand. Well, we'll see. I'll pull it the way, but the rest is up to you. I suppose you think a few bandits won't pose much trouble? You might find yourself surprised. Tomek deals for you a few of the recent attacks on the silver caravan. You pay particular attention to the description of the fire that killed several members of the Bogman Guard and destroyed a few wagons. They must have a spell cast amongst them, he says, shrugging. Really makes no difference. A spell, a spellcaster robbing on the roads is nothing more than a highway. Drive them out or leave them all dead. The latter, of course, is the better, more permanent solution. Derek tells you he would lead a group of his own men against the, ba- against the bandits, but his brother forbade his direct involvement in the manner, in that, in that, in the matter. So, he says. Are you up to it? Tell him you're up to it. Tell him you're up to it. Show him him you're up to it. Or tell him you'll hope you're up to it. I'm going to show him I'm up to it. The unspoken response to this question. Draw yourself into a combat-ready stance. Eager to prove your ability to the young Othombrak. Tornik snorts derisively and draws his blades. Without exchanging another word. The two of you prepare to class clash in a long, lethal contest of arms. It's Dunarek Thumbrek. It's a non-lethal fight. Dunarek swings at you with the flat of his blade. And I swing with the flat of my mace, I guess. You've defeated your foe. 5 XP. You reach down and help Jenrock to his feet. The younger Thorbrek brother, breathing he- heavily, sheaves his swords and commands you on a remarkable display of steel. There aren't many around here who can give me that sort of trouble, he says. Very impressive. I don't doubt you'll be able to see the task through. After composing yourself, Derek lays out the mission on which you're about to embark. Derek tells you he's discovered the bandits who have been waiting the silver wagons, are hiding out in Deadman's Dark, a cave that overlooks the main road out of Dragonweft to the south. For what we were, no, there's maybe a dozen of them in the group that's been attacking the wagons, he says. But there may be more than that holed up in the cave. This is a large group, and very dangerous. Jorok describes for you the location of the cave, and tells you... Your only objective is to clear out the bandits by any means necessary. You ensure, Denrock, that you'll take care of Dragonwrath's bandit problem. And he tells you to report back to Lorik when the job is done. I'll be leaving town for a while, he says. Off to Talents, if you must know. No. Not a short or pleasant journey, but a necessary one. But I wish you luck. I hope to find you are no longer talking about bandits when I return. Dominic ten- tenderly rubs a raised red spot on the white, white of his face. Mark left during a scuffle only a few minutes ago. You certainly know how to take care of yourself in a fight, he says. I only, get, I only ask that you give me a chance to even things up sometime. With that, you bid farewell to Denmark and leave Cinder Hall. Eager. To begin your mission. To reach Deadman's Dark, select the travel option in Dragonwrath and look for Deadman's Dark under locations near Dragonwrath. Alright, gonna save and travel to Deadman's Dark. You're standing atop a high forested buff overlooking the world leading to Dragonwrath. Directly before the shadowy, gaping mouth of the cave known as Deadman's Dark. All around you are signs of recent activity that suggest a sizable group of people are taking refuge here. Despite this evidence, there is currently no indication that anyone else is in the immediate area. Enter the cave. 
Uh, into the cave to pursue the bandits. With your every sense alert for the first sign of danger, you warily make your way into Deadman's Dark. Okay, I'm on the west side of the cave. You're standing on the western end of the short passage, just inside the mouth of the cave, known as Deadman's Dark. A deep silence fills the cave's damp, gloomy interior. Not what you'd expect to encounter in a, in a lair supposedly serving as a hideout for a large number of brigands. I guess they're pretty deep in it then. Okay. Alright, alright, I'm on the west side. I can go north, I can go south. Going north. Your footfalls echo through the gloom as you cautiously explore the twisting cave corridors. Suddenly... The sudden and unnerving stench of burning flesh assails your senses. The charred bodies of four men lie sprawled out in the centre of this section of the cave passage. A quick search of the scorched remains turns up some gold and a few items that have been spared the worst ravages of the fire. 34 gold. And some loot. Looty looty loot. Be sure to take what you want before leaving this section. You won't be able to take these items if you leave in the return. Confident you haven't overlooked anything, you spend a few moments adjusting your gear, gear before once again setting off through the damp gloom. Okay, making my way to the southeast. Okay, going. Here's the southwest corner. Suddenly, a sudden and unnerving stench of burning flesh assails your senses. The charred body of a man lay sprawled out in the centre of this section of the cave passage. A quick search of the scorched remains turns up to gold and a few items that have been spared the worst ravages of the fire. 23 gold. And some loot. Confident you haven't overlooked anything, you spend a few moments adjusting your gear before once again setting off through the damp gloom. The charred body of a man lies sprawled out in the centre of this section of the cave passage. You step past the scorched remains and warily continue through the damp gloom. Hmm. No, that, no, this guy wasn't killed by bandits because the bandits would have took the gold. Yes. Alright, now, moving along the south side to the east. Suddenly, the sudden and unnerving stench of burning flesh assails your senses. The charred bodies of three men lie sprawled out in the centre of this section of the cave passage. A quick search of the scorched remains turns up some gold and a few items that have been spared the worst ravages of the fire. 42 gold and a bit of loot. I'll take the stuff that's worth selling. Confidence you haven't overlooked anything, you spend a few moments adjusting your gear before once again setting off through the damp gloom. Okay, make this in the southeast corner. Suddenly, the sudden and unnerving stench of burning flesh assails your senses. The char bodies of four men lie sprawled out in the centre of this section of the cave passage. I mean, did the mage mess up somehow? And summon some sort of demony thing? Quick search of the scorched remains turns up some gold and a few items that have been spared the worst ravages of the fire. Alright, 45 gold tokens and some loot, which I'm going to loot. Okay, 
confident you haven't overlooked anything, you spend a few moments adjusting your gear for once again setting off through the damp gloom. Okay. Exploring the twisting cave corridors. Okay, I'm making my way way north. Now, making my way west. Suddenly, the sudden and unnerving stench of burning flesh assails your senses. The charred bodies of two men lie sprawled out in the centre of this section of the cave passage. A quick search of the scorched remains turns up some gold and a few items that have been spared the worst ravages of the fire. 54 gold and some loot, which I will loot. And then sing a song about on the loot. <laughs> Confident you haven't overlooked anything, you spend a few moments adjusting your gear before setting off through the damp Alright, continuing on. Alright, I'm near the end now. I can go west or south. I'll go south first. The pungent odour of burnt flesh assails you as you step into a large chamber at the end of the cave tunnel. It takes only a few moments for your pool of light to reveal the horrific scene that lies within. The charred bodies of eight people, seven men and a woman, lie strewn across the uneven floor of this large, oddly shaped cave chamber. Thin trails of dark smoke still rise from the blackened remains, leaving you to believe that these unfortunate souls met their gruesome ends sometime within the last few hours. Suddenly, a soft moan from somewhere towards the back of the chamber sends your pulse racing. You instinctively draw yourself into a defensive stance as your eyes scour the gloom for any sign of imminent danger. Go! Issues a harsh whisper out of the darkness ahead. Get out of here before I come back! Guided by your voice, your gaze falls upon a dark silhouette slumped up against the base of the far wall. Stepping closer, your light reveals the, the shadow-draped figure to be a tall, bearded man, clad in a combination of leather and chain. The man appears to have suffered a dreadful wound. With your every sense alert for the first sign of danger, you warily step towards the injured man. The man looks up as you approach and greets you with a weak smile. He gasps, closing his eyes tightly as he cradles the charred, bloody swamp stump that is now his white arm. His dark, tangled beard, hopelessly matted with blood and grime, lends him a wild, almost savage appearance. Leave me, he whispers through clenched teeth, his voice little more than a harsh whisper. Not got long now. Get out of here before it comes back. He crouched at his side and examined the man's wounds, quickly arriving at the grim assessment he's very near death. Oh yeah? I'm going to use my mast. Master level of restoration? Oh no, no, no. I'm only healing myself. No, apparently, apparently the restoration magic is like, nope, 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 nope. I can't do anything here. Can't do anything here. If you want to do anything with this dude, it's up to necromancy. The, the question, you question the dying man and learn he was the leader of the bandits who had been raiding the silver wagons leaving Dragonwath. When you ask him what it was that wounded him and killed the rest of his men, a few remnants of colour drained from his face. You'll need that if you're to have a chance, he said, struggling to give voice to each word. It's just there, next to my foot. Glancing down at his feet, he spot a square wooden amulet affixed to a thin iron chain. The image of a flame is emblazoned on the amulet's rough face. He reached down to take possession of the curious object. 
It's a wooden flame amulet. Snack armor in Cumberland Squan. This square wooden amulet is attached to a thin length of iron chain and blares the emblazoned image of, fl of a flame on its rounded side. The, the bandit's leader's eyes eyes close and his chest appears to fall still. Suddenly, however, his eyes reopen and he begins to speak. You learn the amulet you've just picked up bears an powerful enchantment that allows its wearer to summon a powerful fire elemental. Brought that. Brought that thing. Dredic, he says. His lips curled into a faint smile as if the recollection brings him small, small measure of joy. I was born. I just. I didn't have the skill to use it properly. Seems that warning was justified. He tells you that he summoned the elemental to dispatch several enemies fellow bandits, and to attack the silver wagons. Thought I'd learn to control its power, he says. But I was very wrong. Now you can see what's happened. Every last man with me is dead. And that thing, the elemental, still roaming around. You may still be able to get out of here. Wear the amulet and go! You ask him about the wooden amulet, and he tells you that he wasn't attacked by the elemental he had summoned until he took off the amulet. When you attempt to give it back to him, he shakes his head and tells you to leave. It will do me no good now, he says. Can't walk. Can't even stand. My time has come. Put it on. Get out of here. As you, as you stand up on your crouched position, the bandit's leader voice again breaks the momentary silence as he makes a starting request. Please, kill me, he says as your gazes meet. I'd rather die by your hand than by the fires of that beast. Please, I'm begging you, kill me. Despite your... Instinctive aversion with the grim notion of taking the life of even a murderous bandit in such a way, you're certain that he is already very near death, with no hope of recovering from his wounds. You have little doubt that he will die within the next hour. So, do I kill him, or do I leave him to die a little bit later? with a lot more pain. Hmm. I shall grant the dying man his request. You step back from the moment body of the bandit and momentarily close your eye, offering a silent prayer for the man whose final request you just fulfilled. After taking a few moments to check over your equipment, you turn and warily make your way out of the large chamber. Okay. But what was on the west side? Nope, that was just a regular dungeon. Suddenly, a searing blast of heat, accompanied by the dazzling glow of raging flames, suddenly fills the passage. A massive fire elemental is blazing vaguely human form, filling nearly the entirety of the cave tunnel, surges out of the darkness. As the fearsome being of fire closes in, the intense heat of its flames begins to singe your flesh. What if I equip that amulet, you know, like I was told to? Wooden flame amulet. Hold your ground and engage the elemental. You dodge several stripes at the fire elemental's long, blazing limbs before defiantly countering its ferocious attack. It's a massive fire elemental. The fire elemental roars as it swipes out at you. 
Okay, it's a 12 plus. 12, so it hit, it gets more hits on me than I get on it. But I'm tougher, so. Went into battle rage. God, you. Stop killing the people who summoned you. It's rude. And it is slain. 72 XP. A heap of smouldering ash in the centre of the cave passage is all that remains of the massive fire elemental. You quickly step forward to examine the smoking pile. Suddenly, the heap of ash suddenly erupts into a pair of smaller fire elementals. The two elementals, their forms vaguely human, how wildly as they sweep towards you, their blazing arms outstretched. Well, can't leave these hanging up, these wandering around, gotta engage them. You boldly hold your ground and prepare to engage the blazing pair of elementals. It's two fire elementals. I'm pretty sh I think these fights are scaled. Because this is an 11 plus. Alright. I use necromancy on it. The fire elementals swipe out at you. And then... I use gating. You gate yourself directly into your enemy's blind spot. Plus four adjustment to your combat roll. And I dodge my enemy's attack. But more importantly, it is slain. 23 XP. A deep gloom envelops the cave passage as the glow animating from the ash piles of the slain elementals rapidly diminishes. The deadly elemental beings that turned on their summoner and his cohorts are no more. Taking a few moments to check over your equipment, you cautiously make your way out of the cave and begin the relatively short trek back to Dragonwrath. You hope that this brief excursion into Deadman's Dark to be your last. You return to Dragonwath and immediately meet with Lorak Thumbrek in, in, in his clustered room at the back of Cinder's Hall. The town's protector congratulates you on having resolved the matter of the bandits and promptly rewards you with a substantial amount of gold. 1500 gold tokens. Doric will be pleased when he gets back. He says, initiating shoulder cross. Though I confess his pleasure is not my concern. I hope you're not going to run off now. You can make yourself very useful around here. I haven't any, I haven't anything just yet, but I don't think you'll have to wait long. Loic waves, thanks you, then offers you a steaming mug of paleo, and waves you into a chair. That's one thing you'll always have in plenty of supply around here. He says, picking up his own mug. Paleo! Now tell me all about Dreadman's Dark and this elemental. You provide Lurik with a full account of your mission, including with your battle against the fire elemental. He seems less surprised than you might have expected, and he quickly commends you for his bravery, and again congratulates you on your success. So you didn't actually clear out the bandits, did you? He asked, smirking. Well, I killed one of them. I killed one bandit. <laughs> he asked, smirking. Well, it doesn't much matter. I don't think Denok and his men would have liked would like to have run into the far, that fire elemental. Ghastly bit of business, wasn't it? Well, it's over now. We allow ourselves a little time to celebrate that. After a lively conversation during which you manage to consume more payload than is perhaps wise. You wise and politely take your leave of Dragon Wrath Protector. As I mentioned just before, he says as you prepare to leave, it will bring me peace of mind to know you're sticking around these parts. We could use someone with your special talents. Under the intense but friendly gaze of the elder Thumbwreck, you make your way out of Cinder Hall and back onto the streets of Dragonwrath. That's, that finishes this adventure 
with 1024 experience to general. Time to save. And in Cinder's Hall, there's another adventure of missing miners in, in, in the private room at the back of Cinder Hall. The elder Thumbic tells you that two of his best miners have recently gone missing while exploring a nearby cave. A task they undertook at his behest. Okay, there we are. Just going to, to save again. Oh, I'm saving. So next time we'll be doing the quest to find the missing miners. But until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.